Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast. The podcast where we explore the pre-crisis DC multiverse and the legacy of the Golden Age heroes throughout the Silver and Bronze Age of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. And today we hit the very first Justice League of America and Justice Society of America team up. Yep. Justice League of America number 21, which went on sale in June of 1963, cover dated August 1963. Yes, yeah, so the cover of JLA number 21 is quite iconic now, isn't it? It's very iconic, yes. So what we have is we have the JLA consisting of Aquaman, Green Arrow, Superman, Batman, The Atom, Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, and Hal Jordan's Green Lantern. They all sort of sat, it looks like they're having a seance, basically. They're all sort of holding hands, sat around a table with a, with a mounted sort of crystal ball. There's some smoke coming out of it, and amongst the smoke, we see Hawkman, Doctor Fate, Black Canary, Alan Scott's Green Lantern, Rex Tyler, yes, the Hourman, and Al Pratt, the Golden Age version of the Atom. Now, Hourman's my favourite superhero ever, so I'm delighted that we're, we're doing a story with him and he's finally appearing. So, excellent. So we kick off, um, I'm reading from the original comic, Peter's reading from the reprint, so we're going to compare and contrast as we go. As we know, there have been differences in the past, so yeah. I don't think there is really so much in this yeah. one, but we'll we're not. Out. We're not going to do the, the strict read-through yeah, panel we, description that, yeah, we, that we've been doing do, so. with most of them. So we're going to... Give you the highlights. Yes. Yes. But there will be some pages, because that deal with the JSA and, you know, we're going to go into a bit more detail on some aspects of the story. So we kick Absolutely. off with the splash page, and it's the flip side of the front cover. Yep, but most importantly, we have the very first roll call yep. of the two teams. So the roll call, as we've said, is Atom, Aquaman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, John Johns, they've got him down, it's not mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then it says in the corner, and representing the Justice Society of America, with lots of stars around it, Yep, Atom, Black Canary, Doctor Fate, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Hourman. Yes. They've kind of squeezed Hourman at the end. Yep. I think they um, ran out of space, so they put Hawkman and Hourman right. over each other. So the, the, the caption at the top, trapped in their headquarters, imprisoned by a team of master villains, the Justice League turns to the Justice Society of America for help. In turn, the Justice Society will use the assistance of the Justice League in a strange game of turnabout in two worlds. Never before have both bands of superheroes met, but never before has there been such a crisis, crisis on, on Earth, Earth 1. Ah, so, so beautiful, on. yeah. So the yeah, the, the splash page is the is the flip of the cover. It's the JSA yeah. sort of looking up at the JLA instead of the JLA looking up at the Justice. So we we kick off. We yep. begin the story. There's a Justice League meeting. Batman's cheering, and he says that there is a challenge from an evil uh, team of villains called the Crime Champions, comprising Kronos, Felix Faust, and Doctor Alchemy, and they basically challenge the league to take them down. Yep. So the league all do their classic splitting up to take down some of the villains and they all dash into action. Yep, and they, we see at the bottom of the page too that the Justice Society are meeting too. So as, as the JLA all set off, we have a captain who says, unknown to the Just League of America at this same moment on duplicate Earth, occupying the same space as our own Earth. See, it's again, that's the implication that yep. we are on the same Earth as the, as the JLA, what we call the, the Earth 1 superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but separated from it because it vibrates at a different speed, asterisk, uh, this is note C Flash 1, 2, 3, Flash 2 Worlds, or the previous episode of our podcast. It vibrates at a different speed, it's gathered a similar organisation, the Justice Society of America. So, um, yeah, they're, they're sort of sat about, they're very comfortable, and, and they're certainly more comfy than the, the JLA's cave. And Dr. Fate is saying, from behind his helmet, It sure is good to be back together again, in our modernised headquarters. Yep, and Rex TikTok Tyler is saying, and to know we've been challenged to a showdown fight. So, this is the caption at the top of page three. Now, for those readers unfamiliar with the two Earths, in which Barry, Flash, Alan and Jay Garrick 
sorry, J flash Garrick operate, we point out that two objects, like our planet Earth and its duplicate, can inhabit the same space if they vibrate, as all matter does to an extent, at different speeds. By vibrating swiftly, both J flash and Barry flash have been able to travel in and out of both Earths. And in this other Earth of J flash, the Justice Society of America is meeting after a lapse of 12 years. And Alan Scott Green Lantern says... Ever since Vandal Savage captured some of us and we were rescued by the two Flashes, footnote, editor's note, C Flash 137, Vengeance of the Immortal Villain, Alan continues, I've looked forward to this get-together, and Black Canary says, you aren't the only one, Green Lantern. So, another caption, yes, after more than a decade of inactivity, the old Justice Society of America is meeting once again. True, there are a few grey hairs showing, and their faces are lined with the passage of time, but their mighty powers are only slightly dimmed. And then we get a series of headshots introducing Black Canary, Dr. Fate, Our Man, the Atom, Hawkman, the Flash... And Green Lantern. So, you know, just in case is, there was any doubts for yep. any of the readers, the Atom and Hawkman and Black Canary, Flashing Green Lantern, they were all active with the Justice Society right up to the end of the Run and All Star comic. Mm-hmm. But our man had disappeared a long, long time before that, and Doctor Fate had vanished from the Justice Society. Run issue twenty out of All Star Comics, something yeah. like that. It's not often talked about, but in his own strip, and more funny, became you know a medical doctor and lost his cape and did all sorts of you know really different adventures and then um, also his powers were slightly different yeah, he was I, mastery over uh, matter yeah which is quite but he's, he's basically returned almost to, to first principles here mm-hmm. and um as, as i say rex disappeared very early on he's also um, got the full mask on yes, first, for a time right. he only had a half helmet that's so right this is the yep. full helmet so, yep. yeah that's, again that's, that's dr fate returned by there this is cracking right line up ahead shots and then dr fate continues since our revised bylaws call for a rotating membership of seven we have been chosen by lot for our first case though they aren't here i have congratulatory messages from starman sandman wonder woman dr midnight and the others which is exciting because that's the first mention of starman and sandman for a very long time because they, of course wonder woman and dr midnight were We've in seen before were in yeah. flash 27 so mm-hmm. Our man um, continues, now then, what's this showdown fight about? And Hawkman says, We've been challenged by our old enemies, the Fiddler, the Wizard and Icicle, to try and stop them as they commit a trio of million dollar robberies. Very similar to what Felix Faust and Kronos and Dr. Alchemy have, have said to the JLA. So we move on to page four. Please smiles break out in the faces of the old time champions of justice. And Black Canary says, Sigh, I feel younger already. And Jay says, the fiddler of what memories I have of him. And Alan Scott Green Lantern says... And I, of my old nemesis, the icicle. What I love about this panel, and actually all the panels on this page, is they are just beaming. They're yes. all smiling. They're all smiling. I was looking absolutely delighted at the fact they're all back in action. And, you know, yeah. it feels yeah, it's, so yeah, much fun. They, you, that can, you, know. you can feel the energy in the room. So the next caption... Eagerly, the Super 7 leap to their feet, and Hawkman says, Flash, Atom, shall we bring back the good old days by teaming up together? And Black Canary says, how about it, Green Lantern? You and I had some great adventures side by side. Shall we relive them? And Doctor Fate says to Our Man, Our Man, it's been a long time, and I can hardly wait to get going. Which is a nice little throw forward to issues 55 and oh, 56 yes. of Showcase. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Out from their new headquarters, stream the old timers, filled with new life, eager for the matching of wits and muscles with their own crime champions. And Hawkman declares then why wait we know where the fiddler will strike and alan says and where the wizard will shot for his crime and rex the hour man says the icicle can't make things too cold to please me and the lineup of the gsa in this panel kind of mirrors the lineup of the justice league on interaction in the previous page yep that's right which is very cool so the story progresses as the the earth one baddies leap into action felix faust steals the safe from basically a sunken ocean liner you see that he's sort of split the, the ocean around it, sort of open, has created a flight of stairs. Using his magical Yeah, abilities. leading down, and his, his dialogue sort of suggests, as he cries, up gold, up cash, fly through the ship, 
come to my hands without a slip, and you see a safe sort of emerging from a, a hole in the side of the boat. Interestingly, I don't know if there's an actual crime being committed here because it's a sunken liner. Surely that's salvage. Yeah, it yeah, does. That's, that's a fair point. It does mention uh, that some divers have claimed it, but then again, if they haven't been to, yeah, got to if, yeah, quick they, enough, yeah, if, then I think he's going yeah, to right. Yeah, if, they, if they've gone there and not found out, then. We turn the page and, and Aquaman and the Atom and John Jones turn up to fight with Felix. Aquaman sets some whales and sharks on him. Felix unsplits the ocean, the Moses style sort of splitting, bringing that all back in. And Felix attacks John Jones with fire. Because oh. of course that's what you would do. Of course. The Atom rescues Martian Manhunter by sort of jumping in and kicking the, the little fireballs out of the way. The Atom then goes for Felix Faust, who then who does a fade out. John Jones says, where'd he go? And Raymond, the, the Atom, says, your guess is as good as mine, Martian Manhunter. All I know for sure is Felix Faust eluded us as he said he would. We cut to the next villain. It's Dr. Alchemy this time, and he is lying in wait to steal an armoured truck. Now, he'd previously been in Showcase issue 14, The Man Who Changed There, and he's basically got a Philosopher's Stone, which means he can transmute matter. Gardner Fox does things with him in this story that he can't really do uh, right, in, okay. in the Flash stories that John Brun writes. Okay. He's a lot, a lot more kind of cartoony with what he can do transforming matter. Yeah, I mean, because the first thing you see him doing here is that he turns the wheels of the truck, the armor truck, into rocks, making it stop. And then yeah. he turns the fenders into, into wings so that he can fly the truck away. Yeah, which basically he normally just transmutes matter. Uh, yeah. You know. But they're having a bit more fun with it here. So, mm. yes. Yeah. So, Superman, Green Arrow and The Flash arrive to meet the challenge of the Super Criminal. Um, they come speeding into Central City from different directions. As the Scarlet Speedster hurtles past the road marker, an astounding change takes place. Now, this is interesting. This is setting up Barry's role for the story. What's happening to me, says Barry, I'm vibrating so swiftly, I'm being shaken apart. And further along Route 55, Superman is challenging Dr. Alchemy but Dr. Alchemy converts a telegraph pole and a fire hydrant to, to kryptonite. Why is a fire hydrant in the middle of Route 55? I don't know. Anyway, maybe they have bushfires or what have you. Maybe it's to help John Johns if ever goes in fire. I suppose that's true. Um, so, so Cal's sort of down and out. And then Dr. Alchemy converts the ground around Green Arrow to glue. So Ollie's sort of basically sort of held fast. And Ollie tries to fire a, a stun arrow at him. Um, and Dr. Alchemy converts the arrows into... Harmless weeds, as he put it. Does that is that sort of in again? Line that's with, not yeah. really because it's that's organic matter. It yeah. doesn't really do that. So the truck flies off. Green Arrow rescues Superman by firing paint over the kryptonite. Lead sort of, based paint, which, yeah. which blocks the kryptonite radiation. Yeah. Over over the paint over the the fire hydrant, and so Cal recovers and he grabs Ollie and they fly off after the truck. Now the next panel, I'll do what I talk about this panel because it's fantastic. You've got the truck flying off. You've got Superman flying in his usual classic Superman pose, and you've got Green Arrow. Standing majestically on Superman's back, absolutely f- uh, firing some arrows at the truck. It is absolutely utterly ridiculous. Yeah, putting that up in the socials, so yep. you'll see it. And um, Ollie's convinced that he's saying these arrows will stop him cold, but then Doctor Harper says, "I told you I'll elude you, and I will." And basically, as all these arrows almost reach it, and as Clark almost reaches to it, the truck disappears, and Oliver declares he's gone, disappeared right in front of us. And Superman says he made good his boast; he did elude us. So. We now move to Powers City. Now, I've never heard of Powers City before. No, there's a lot of weird named cities in this that I don't think we ever see again. Right, okay. So there's so if you're a, a DC Comics writer and you're looking to reboot a possibly obscure, not-used character for a long time... If you want to bring Argus back... Yeah, you could use Powers City. There we go. Oh, that's what that could be stomping ground. If you want to bring so, Bing um, Grammar Kids, yes. that's fine. So it's Kronos who's in Powers City, and he, he what he does, he uses his, his time powers to age the wall of a bank so that it crumbles to dust, and then Wonder Woman, Batman, and the Hal Jordan Green Lantern arrive. They have a big fight. Kronos diverts Diana's lasso, and he cuts Batman's batarang, 
and he fires her from his sort of float. What's it? You know, what's his anti gravity sundial? Yeah, giant anti gravity. Yeah, sundial, he fires. Which I love. Yeah, is that is, else, that, is that elsewhere? Does he use oh, that? Oh yeah, he uses that all the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 That's up there with the final car is one of the most impractical, you know, supervillain getaway vehicles. So, yeah, so so Kronos fires a nice sort of golden mist over Green Lantern to take him out. Wonder Woman lassoes Green Lantern and pulls him out of the cloud of dust. And in turn, as she's sort of pulling Hal sort of up, he creates a little basket using his power ring and catches Batman. Kronos fades out and then we see him, as it says here, Batman is remarking, he's drifting apart as if he were no more than mist. And Green Lantern says, what happened to him? Well, what indeed has happened to Kronos and to Felix Faust and Dr. Alchemy? As each of them vanishes, let us follow them through space and time to an unsuspected borderland between the two Earths. On the rim of twin Earths is a great sphere of vibratory energy. The arch-criminals come face to face with another trio of crime champions. And Dr. Alchemy is saying, Everything went as we planned it. How did you make it out on your Earth? And we see, sat down, it's the wizard, the fiddler, and the icicle. And it looks like, is that the wizard replying? Listen. Right, yeah, so here we go. So, must um, this vibratory sphere that in, it seems very much furnished as if it's a lovely 60s swinging bachelor pad. It does, doesn't it? It looks, it, it looks think, like something flint would have. Yeah, it looks like it's been outfitted by, you know, by Carmen Infantino. I've got to say, like, I'm not the biggest fan of some of Mike Sikowski's artwork in this story. I mean, part one, it's it, it's not bad so far. I mean, the layouts are quite nice. Some of the later stuff in part two, the story is quite blocky, but it's interesting that he still has in, enough of a sort of sense to make the, the sphere at least look livable and nice. Yeah. So we now have a page where the, the three of two villains sort of recap what happened when they sort of confronted the Justice Society whilst the JLA guys were fighting their villains in Earth 1. So we start off with the wizard. He does, and he says, I met my old enemies, Green Lantern and the Black Canary, defeated their every effort with the magic arts I learned in Mystic Tibet. And we see the wizard, it looks like he's flinging almost everything, but the, uh, <laughs> a variety of household fan. goods. Um, so he, he's flinging, because you know Alan's proclaiming, my nemesis would, as the wizard is only too well aware, so the wizard is flinging a baseball bat and a tree and a wooden dresser and a couple th- of chairs and stuff at Alan. Is that the first we've seen his weakness? I think it is. Yeah. Because uh, obviously the Earth 1 Green Lantern's weakness is yellow, the impurity in his ring. Yeah. But uh, in the Golden Age, Alan Scott's was Cause, Yeah, because it was magic based and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, and he's And the wizard is firing a, a giant big sort of metal fan at Black Canary and, right. she, and she's saying it's He's sending cyclonic winds at me and I can't make any headway against them. So, yes. Then we move on to the fiddler and his recap. Yep. The fiddler laughs as he picks up the story. It did my heart good to come to grips with former foes like Hawkman, Flash and the Atom. It's his point of view. We see him fiddling away. He's trapped Hawkman, Flash and the Atom with his musical notes coming intensely from his fiddle. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) Hawkman says... The intense decibels from the fiddler's violin are ripping my wings to shreds. Oh, and goodness sure, me. And sure enough, the, the feathers are flying off his wings. Mm-hmm. And Flash is saying, Those awful vibrations shaking me up into drifting atoms. So that's kind of what happened to Barry. Yes. Earlier, yeah. And the atom says, That eerie music causing a wall to fall on me. Yeah, and he's basically getting hit with a pile of bricks. Which is not nice. Ooh. Cut now to the icicle. He chuckles coldly and says... Our man and Dr. Fate did their best, but were no match for my icy nerves. Yep, and we see Rex encased in a giant block of ice, and he's thinking to himself, this ice block will hold me just long enough for my hour-long superpowers to fade out. Oh no, Dr. Fate says, My magic will melt those ice spears, but by that time, the icicle will have escaped. Why doesn't he just use his magic to knock the spheres out the way and then run after the ice? I don't know. Anyway, so 
As the three crime champions from Earth 2 conclude their recital, Felix Faust says, The portable vibrator, don't laugh, you gave us what perfectly fiddler. With them, we were able to fade away from Earth 1, vibrate ourselves at super swift speeds, and to reappear here. And the fiddler says, It was a lucky day for me when I discovered the vibratory pitch that opens the doorway between our Earths. Ah, Mm -hmm. as you recall, the icicle the wizard and I were escaping from our Earth 2 jail. It's interesting that they're casually just Flinging the, the terms Earth 1 and Earth 2 about... This now. is the first story in which I think yeah. Earth 1 and Earth 2 are, are yeah. mentioned. And they're, the villains seem yeah. to have named Earth 1 and Earth 2. Yeah, that's interesting. First. <laughs> yeah, aye. And um, also, the fiddler who's discovered it uh, first, he's naming his own world Earth 2. Yeah. To recap that last bit there. As you recall, the icicle the wizard and I were escaping from our Earth 2 jail thanks to a special violin string I made that shattered our cellbars. So we see the, the fiddler with a couple of other prisoners and one of them saying the guards are closing in on us, fiddler, and he says... I'll try a different string, see if the sound can stop them. I struck another note on my violin, and as it rang out, the earth around us shimmered and quivered. That's the wizard there saying, we seem to have been shifted to another universe. Jumping wow. to a bit of a conclusion. Wow. Yes. And then, the, the, the fiddler's narration continues, then we found ourselves on a stage in Central City, asterisk, Earth 1, and as a reader's note, an editor that says, readers of the Flash stories will be quick to understand that this is the same stage off which Barry Flash Allen vibrated into the other earth of J. Flash Garrick. So, the wizard, the icicle, and the fiddler have appeared. It looks like in the middle of a concert, and they're saying, we've emerged into another earth, rather than saying, we've turned up in a concert hall somewhere. Yeah. Oh, they can tell. They yeah, can and tell. then one of them says, right in the middle of a stage show. So, so that's absolutely hilarious. I mean, and the three of them can, are in their prison fatigues yeah, as well. I can imagine the CW doing that, and just sort of like, maybe cut into the concert, and some, you know, whoever they've managed to get in, sort of would be like, you know, midline, and then, and they would appear on stage. That'd they'd be fantastic. probably have it as a John Barrowman concert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, story continues on third page, following chapter three of Crisis on Earth One. Again, the villains are all sitting around the table uh, talking about this, and they all look gleeful as well. Everyone's happy in this book. It's exciting, though. Team ups and that. And the caption reads, In a misty borderland between two Earths, separated by only a few degrees of vibratory speed, safe from discovery by their enemies, the Justice League and the Justice Society are gathered six crime champions. They chuckle over their triumphs and plan to live their lives of ease. So, Kronos, he's, he's particularly delighted. He's saying, as you appeared on that stage in Central City, Felix Faust, Dr. Alchemy and I were about to rob the proceeds of the stage show. And Felix, Felix looks like someone there. He reminds me, it's just a heavy line. He looks like, I suppose, he looks like any generic middle-aged American man. Of the he looks like David Harrison or something. Yeah, you know. so Felix is saying, seeing you in convict garb. Ah, oh, right, they're, they're telling us basically what happened after the others appeared on the stage. Seeing you in convict garb, Dr. Alchemy and I created a disturbance and rescued you, whilst Kronos grabbed the show. Look, Felix continues. Then I made the six of us invisible with my magic and spirited us out of there so the police and the Justice League wouldn't know you had come into our earth from yours. It was a lucky thing we did too. And then the fiddler says, Yes, your generosity to us paid handsome dividends because now you can each take the million dollars you stole from under the noses of the Justice League and go into our earth and spend it without fear or apprehension. And then the ice girl continues, The trouble with being a super criminal has always been the fact that the Justice Society, or in your case, Kronos, and the Justice League, always catches us. In our Earth, no one knows you three. In your Earth, no one knows us. And Felix says, unknown either to the police or your justice society, we can enjoy spending our look for a change. Dr. Alchemy says, best of all, the only two men who might have recognised us, the two Flashies, have already been disposed of. And the fiddler concludes, in an out-of-this-world way. And so, the six supervillains turn and smile for nearby, they see the two speedsters safely penned inside vibratory bubbles. And that's what we see right enough. Barry and Jay... 
very sketchily drawn, it must be said, and the fiddler's pointing at them with his fiddling stick and says they ran right into vibratory traps we set up for them and were dissipated into their molecular structure and reassembled inside those small spheres. These spheres counter-vibrate to the vibratory speeds of both flashes automatically, so that no matter how fast either or both flashes vibrate to escape, their vibrations are neutralised. You understand, flashes, that we had to get rid of you because you alone know the way to travel between the two Earths, and you alone could recognise the villains of both worlds if they showed up on yours. And Icicle says, All that remains now is for us to use the portable vibrators, don't laugh, the fiddler made, and go into each other's worlds. And Dr Alchemy says, We're in our civilian identities. We can enjoy the fruits of our crimes without either the Justice League or the Justice Society bothering us. Oh, they're so evil, aren't they? Yes. Right, so we move now on to page 18. And so it is that while Kronos, Felix Faust and Dr Alchemy enjoy a life of ease, a life of ease, (laughs) (laughs) or of two. (laughs) This is because Peter... Peter listens, has been listening to the Beatles a lot recently. Um, <laughs> and this uh, obviously that, that rattled off me. So anyway, right. Did, so, yes. A life of ease on Earth 2. The fiddler, wizard and icicle and their civilian identities frequent the vacation resorts of Earth 1 completely safe from punishment for their crimes. Do you know what? I think that is brilliant. That's one of the best multiple Earth type things ever. You know, let's right, you're a baddie, I'm a baddie. Let you rob some stuff. I'll go and live in your Earth. Yeah, great. I mean, that's I love it. The, the think- villains are swapping Earths just to... <sighs> what if Amazing. the money looks slightly different on the earth so I know you'd have to you know, it's kind of it's, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of like did you ever see that really terrible Bruce Willis film Looper yes uh-huh. and like you know it's not one two years ago. and they send people back in time with the silver mm. and all that and it's like mm. that silver's going to be there already yeah you know it's kind of it's like you know, it's that wouldn't have happened in the three faces DC long exactly so right yes and it's not long before the sight of so much wealth about them causes the crime champions from Earth 2 to itch for action now now this panel is pretty hilarious that must be the wizard Yes. They're all we- right. It looks like the wizard's wearing a Hawaiian. He's wearing it. Look at. Yes, yeah, the wizard. He's We're going to put a- this up in the socials as well. Yes, you he's have wearing to a Hawaiian shirt. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the wizard is saying, um, How can I resist the temptation? So much money, jewels, and other valuables. In the middle of the panel, wearing a sort of very fetching, sort of red hat and a very confusing moustache and glasses, is the Iskol. And he's saying, Going to waste because no one's here to take them, which leaves the fiddler to finish with, Except us. I must send out a signal to my corn frères. Summon him to meet me in Casino Town, and the thing about this is, ah, I can empathise. The fiddler's bald, and we see like a sort of mannequin head with his wig on it. That's with his long flowing white. That's so funny. He basically looks like Lex Luthor, to be honest. It does. It looks a bit like me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put a picture of you up in the socials. I'm going to. I'm going to beside a wig. Actually, (laughs) I might have a wig. uh, Right. Okay. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll recreate that panel. Look out for that. Costly opportunities of the future. So. In Casino Town, USA, somewhat yeah. later. Now, does that mean there is a Casino of, Town as well as Power City instead of Las, instead of instead of Las Vegas? Do you think? That'd be as well as oh, okay. So now this is the Isigo looking far too much like um Groucho Marx, yeah, stereo. And he's saying, "You agree then that we owe it to ourselves to rob this entire city?" And um, Wizard okay. says, "Yes, but only by masquerading as Kronos, Felix Faust, and Doctor Alchemy to protect our true identities." And the fiddler says, I like your idea how to do our fellow crime champions a favour at the same time, wizard. Wizard continues, I suggest we challenge the Justice League of America to a showdown battle and get rid of them once and for all. We'll show our friends that their enemies are no match for us. We can work out traps against which Justice League members will be absolutely helpless. Not long after, um, this is a caption from a crystal ball in the souvenir room, and it's obviously the crystal ball from the cover, in the secret headquarters of the Justice League, where the 
members meet to discuss their recent defeat and we hear a little voice sort of emerging from it. Members of the Justice League, this is Felix Faust. Or is it? Offering you another chance to catch us. You failed once, but surely you'd like to try again. Do you know what? I'm good, just going to pause very quickly and say this is great. I'm really liking this. Because <laughs> it's it's as much the villain's story at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. They're, you know, they're driving is, the plot. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. at this point, issue 21, it's JLA versus the other two villains. Right? Mm-hmm. And the villains are getting all the good lines yeah. and you know doing all the stuff. And I really wish Captain Cold was in it. So I, could do I know my, you do. I know <laughs> do you my way with another voice. Um, well, I suppose High School is kind of like yeah. to Captain Cold. No. <laughs> Especially with that hat. <laughs> He's a killer customer, literally. So, high excitement brings every member, even the late arrival Green Lantern, about the talking crystal ball. The voice continues. The voice continues, yeah. We have just robbed Casino Town of its last penny. Wow. We will wait ten minutes for you, waiting with open arms full of loot to see if you can take it away from us. And Hal Jordan cries, I've just recharged my power ring, and what's up? And when the voice fades out, Green Lantern is told of the challenge. And then, Superman says, they're where they say they are all right, my telescopic vision can pick them out. As does my Martian vision. Well, what are we waiting for? We have ten minutes to get there, so let's go, says John Jones. I hope they've been worrying about Barry having disappeared. Yeah, they seem to have forgotten about that. Okay, so ahead of them, the wizard master of Tibetan magic has transformed himself into a duplicate of Dr. Alchemy. And he's standing in front of a roulette wheel, dropping some chips, and he says, Here in Casino Town, we've laid eight traps. Two of them are these poker chips of hard rubber. And the wood wheel of a roulette table. Interesting. I wonder if the emphasis on the wood wheel of the roulette table is some kind of foreshadowing. I don't know. know. Anyway. The icicle with the aid of that Tibetan magic is now a dead ringer for Kronos, as well as being a dead ringer for love. Yes. As the Justice League charges in for us, we will lure them into touching these objects and so trigger off their own doom. Three more traps are this shower of quarters. Metal. A stuffed moose head. Animal. And that pane of yellow glass. Ah, pane of yellow glass. Interesting. And then finally, the fiddler has become Felix Faust. The last three hidden dooms are to be found in a jewel, some ordinary sand, and a pool of cold, clear water. When all eight enchanted objects are touched, the magical trap will be sprung. So that's interesting. They set all this stuff up, and basically they're kind of relying on the JLA to, to spring them all, and then something else is going to happen. But they're waiting for them all to kind of to work at once. That's interesting. I think, quite, it's quite, it's quite, I think the traps are just activated as soon as one of the members touches. No, but it's it's the way that it's sort of saying um when all eight enchanted objects are touched. So it's like they're obviously they're what maybe they're waiting for like once Hal's touched the yellow pane of glass, once so and so's touched that, once so you know once they've taken them all out, mm-hmm. something else is going to happen. So over the next couple of pages, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern arrive for a wee match with Kronos. And in Casino Town, and... Who is secretly Icicle. Yep, and mm. Bats and Wonder Woman are taken out. Wonder Woman gets hit with a moose, and Batman gets hit by, um... Is that what the quarters from the slot machine are taken then? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh-huh. So Hal runs into the... <laughs> Hal runs into the big... Um, the, the big wall of yellow glass, and elsewhere in the gambling... In another gambling room, Superman charges at Dr. Alchemy, who's in reality the wizard, and he gets him with the hard rubber betting chips. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, it's magic, folks. Yes, so that's why yeah. um, like... the kind of altered wizard pretending to be Doctor Alchemy sets the the roulette wheel off at Green Arrow and blocks all of his arrows, and then he gets taken out because he's touched the enchanted wood, and then Felix elsewhere, Felix first in inverted commas. Um, so Felix is the disguised Edler, and he is sort of 
basically sort of rise up you stones and fly about. So Arthur's basically in the corner of the patio. This is what it says. Meanwhile, as Aquaman corners Felix Faust in a corner of the patio. Says <laughs> <laughs> so like they're having like, a chat at a barbecue. Yes, it's sort of Vic Reeves. <laughs> um, rise up you stones and fly about. Toss him in aside and win the bout. And Arthur's like, oh, the paving stones are, Aquaman I should say, the paving stones are rising up because of his magic, making me fall sideways. And then Arthur gets, what is he, he lands on his back in some sand. There we go, that's it. And Interestingly enough, Aquaman says out loud to himself, you fell, fell into yeah. sand, Aquaman. You're done for, I think, maybe that word probably should have yeah, gone for Felix. Then. So um, the atom flies in a wind current at full speed. And what's this? Fly fast, fly true, sapphire blue, hit atom, drop atom, this day to rue. So that's, so that's the ray taken has been out. Used, yeah, that? ray's taken out. And then... Felix Faust, in inverted commas, the fiddler, fire run from my fingernails, weaken my foe so his power fails and he zaps John with the flames coming from his fingertips. How if can it's, do that? Yeah, if it's just the fiddler disguised as Felix, doesn't, why does that mean he's automatically taking on his powers? Yeah, also like how, you know, the icicle can easily duplicate the Cronus's, you know, time yeah. mechanisms and everything. Unless, um, unless when they swapped Earth, they left all the stuff behind. Yeah. But even still, some so, yeah. flash powder or something. Yeah, so John leaps out of the way into a swimming pool out of the way of And of that's the enchanted pool. Oh, that's yep. his mistake. Ah, of course, that's right. But doing so, you touch water. And it, by doing so, you touch water ends your career. So, regrouping. The Justice League members leap once more to the attack. Here they come, says Ersatz, Dr. Alchemy. At our last meeting, we disappeared in order to escape. She says, fake Felix Faust. And Contrary Chrono says, now it's your turn to disappear. Within an instant, the Justice Leaguers are wafted away from Casino Town to their own secret sanctuary. So they're back in the cave. And Green Arrow says, how did we get here? Superman says, I think I can answer that. Based on the fact there was no kryptonite anywhere in that gambling casino... And also the fact that it worked on everyone else. Mm-hmm. My only weakness is magic. Uh, only other weakness is magic. And it was magic that defeated us here. And Batman says, it's magic that's keeping us here. Those doors can't be budged. Green, Green Lantern says, my willpower isn't strong enough to get my ring to open them. Right, blame me. Um, Superman says, yes, it's magic, all right. My telescopic vision cannot penetrate these walls. Nor my Martian vision, says John. A mighty magical barrier has been placed around our headquarters. And the Atom, I can't even slip through this keyhole. This means we're imprisoned here with no way out. Batman says, why not fight magic with... Oh, here, now here's this stuff. Why not fight magic with magic? Merlin gave us this magical crystal ball as a souvenir of our adventure with the Sinister Sorcerers. Editor's note, see Just League of America number two, Secret of the Sinister Sorcerers. Try saying that five times fast. Felix Faust used it to send his voice magically into our hideout, and it works. A great idea, Batman, says Green Lantern. Seated about the council table, the members yep. join hands. This must be worked like a seance, says Batman, looking very Dick Sprang in that Yes, panel. absolutely. Huh? Interesting. And then Marshall Manhunter says, Concentrate. The magic inherent in the crystal ball will be focused and respond to the guidance of our combined minds. And Green Lantern finishes by saying, let's try and contact the Flash first. It's just possible he was put out of the way because he had some special knowledge. So yeah, now they start thinking Hal has Flash. wondered what's going on. Mm-hmm. Bending all their willpower and mental energy into their search, the Justice League members are soon rewarded with a vision of the Barry Allen Flash. And Barry says, I'm trapped myself, fellow members, but you've been up against villains from a second Earth vibrating close to our own. Listen. Ah, after Flash relates what has happened to him and to his companion Flash and explains about the twin Earths. Oh, this is good. Yep. John John says, what can we do, Flash? Isn't there some way out of this predicament? And which Barry responds, yes, use the crystal ball to summon the Justice Society to Earth One. They won't be bound by the magic that hampers you. 
and the image of Flash fades out and the Justice League seance brings into view the Justice Society of America. So that's basically, we're now at the point of this, the opening splash page in the cover. Within moments, the images of the Justice Society are materialised in Earth 1 and an exciting historical meeting takes place between the Justice League and Justice Society. And this panel's also going to go up in the social medias because it's fantastic. It's, it's a beauty. So we see from left to right, we have Green Arrow shaking hands with our man. We have the two Green Lanterns meeting. For the first time? Yes. Yeah. Batman and Superman and Martian Hunter crowding around Doctor Fate. Both atoms shaking hands. Which is so great. You've got Al right at the front, yep. bending right over, and shaking Ray, hands. Ray is still shrunk down. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm miming Ray being small by holding two fingers up here. I appreciate <laughs> that, viewers. It's usual six-inch heights. Yep. Yeah. And Dr. Fate, in conversation with Superman, says... We've just been issued a challenge by your enemies, Kronos, Dr. Alchemy, and Felix Faust. With a spell, I'll send you into our Earth to fight them. And Hawkman says... Well, we stay here to fight our foes... The Icicle, Fiddler, and the Wizards. And so we move on to the final page of part one. The caption reads, With the magical help of Dr. Fate, the Justice League is shifted to the headquarters of the Justice Society. And we see that right enough. And while on Earth 1, the Justice Society easily pierces the magical barrier that cannot hold them because it was not directed against their persons. We see our man, Dr. Fate, Black Canary, Hawkman, and the Atom, a sort of desert -y sort of area. Mm -hmm. And then finally, on a dual assignment in the misty borderlands between the two Earths, the two Green Lanterns race to free imprisoned flashes. Definitely not the end. The startling, stupendous climax of this story, in which the superheroes of the Justice League team up with their alter egos of the Justice Society, will appear in the next issue. So there we have it. Yeah. So let's take a look at some reader reaction to Justice League of America. I'm, I'm going to have to pause for a moment, honestly, though, because it's, it's, it's quite epic, isn't it? It's very it's epic. It's very exciting. We've, we've heard a reaction. Let's hear what they thought yeah. at the time. Yeah, so there's about half a dozen letters or so, um, including a couple from, um, let's be honest, some very important people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so um, let's jump straight in. Dear Editor, here's wishing you many bouquets and congratulations for the August issue's Crisis on Earth 1. Even as only the first half of a story, it surpassed all of your past issues. I have never seen a finer or more exciting panel in all comicdom, with the exception of the JLA bursting forth from their bottle prisons in One Hour to Doomsday, and the last panel on page 24, where the Justice League and Justice Society members are introducing each other. What a glorious mass of superhumanity! I especially got a chuckle out of the two atoms, Atom 2 bending down to the hand of Atom 1, and the two Green Lanterns comparing notes on their power that, rings. Just, that's interesting, their Atom 2 bending down to the hand of Atom 1, so that's um that must be like an Earth allocation type sort of situation, they're counting yeah. as, the, as, the, as Atom 2, and really... He'd be Atom 1, wouldn't he? Technically, yes. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. I especially like Dr. Fate. He seems to have the same aura of all-powerful leader and protector about him that Superman has. An artist, Mike Sikowski, did such a magnificent job on him that it's a wonder Superman doesn't feel slighted. So once again, bouquets, wine and roses to all, especially Mike Sikowski. It takes courage to take on a story that boasts 16 superheroes and 6 supervillains, and it takes talent to handle them as beautifully as he did. And this is from a man who will know all about drawing such a massive cast yes. uh, of characters, because this is from Dave Cockrum. Dave who went on to fame drawing such series as Legion of Superheroes and X-Men. Yep, two runs in X-Men. Um, and it's interesting, Dave's address here is Southern Illinois University, Abbott Hall, 116, Thompson Point, Carbondale, Illinois. Written whilst he was doing his studies. Possibly studying to be an artist. Amazing. Dave Corkman did a, an excellent big run on the Legion of Superheroes in the early mm -hmm. 70s, but then after that, you know, next level when he moved to Marvel and... 
and worked on the X Men, the all new X Men, because he he created Nightcrawler and Storm and Colossus. Yeah, you know, and the characters that, that are familiar even to the most casual sort of comic fan. Pretty sure even my mum would know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's pretty cool. It's nice to see the sort of evidence of him as a fan. I mean, he's. His, his work in, in Legion is stunning. It's, you know, it's, and this is pretty nice. So the editorial reply to this then, the above communication is typical of the rave reports received on Crisis on Earth 1. Because of space limitations, we shall refrain from tacking on our customary comments to each of the remaining letters. For how many different ways can we acknowledge overwhelming praise and shall simply devote the rest of this department to extracting comments from other readers? So the next letter then is from Dom Lasers. Lazars, that rings a bell. Have we had one from him before? The name's familiar, but I don't think we've had a letter from him before. Right. Dear editor, if there was ever a story that deserved two issues, Crisis on Earth 1 is it. Many readers will probably criticise the story's continuation into the follow-up issue. They seem to forget that fitting a 22-character story within 25 pages is almost impossible. So I conclude that you were justified in splitting up the epic in order to make it more interesting and less cramped. After all, we're really getting two stories. One on the Justice League and another featuring the Justice Society. Roosevelt Avenue, Flushing, New York. Excellent. The next letter is from Ben Orr from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, let's just spell that out. B-E-N-D-O-R. Now, he's, he's obviously a Daxamite, isn't he? Yeah, maybe he was created by Dave Cockrum. It's possible. Yeah, uh, so yeah, he says, uh, Dear Editor, the cover of the August GLA set the excellent standards which were followed throughout in the remainder of your fine comic. The very shield title of the magazine was a compliment to the cover, but the rest was a study in sheer genius. Your cover artist not only shone in the detail and colour of the picture, the very positioning of both the JLA and JSA was a stroke of master artistry. Not even the presence of 14 superheroes could make this cover look crowded, a plague that befalls many of your others. Even the background added to the confirmation and general appearance of the scene, and for once the title boxes also were pleasing to look at. Yes, your cover alone shows why JLA is the best entry carrying the DC silks. Superb. And the next one is from our old pal Roy Thomas. Yes, which is Roy nice. Roy the boy Thomas. Roy the boy. I mean, I can imagine Roy being absolutely, you know, losing his nut. I can imagine him seeing the cover in, in the drugstore or wherever on, on the newsstand and just being like, the oh, wow. <laughs> so Roy, who at this point was at 307 Greens Ferry Road, Jackson. Dear editor, the choices of the roll call of the Justice Society were excellent. Green Lantern, Flash, Atom and Hawkman were, of course, natural choices. Black Canary was a better choice than having another and quite superfluous Wonder Woman. Okay, harsh. And Doctor Fate and Our Man were well handled, especially visually. In fact, I'm confident that a large number of readers will want to see more of Doctor Fate in particular. Magic is one of the few possible superpowers not used today by a costume hero of the standard type. Which is an excellent point. I mean, when was Doctor Strange created? But yeah, certainly there's not really anyone in the DC stable at the current Aye, time absolutely. that we were um, using. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, and it's interesting that, that Roy highlights Doctor Fate and Our Man together there. Yeah, bear that in mind for future listening. Yes, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> the next letter is from the Green Green Grass of Home, Tom Jones himself. Tom Jones. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, my old my Delilah. Um, and Tom writes to say, shall I do it in Tom Jones' voice? He says, Dear editor, what's new, Pussycat? <laughs> no, yeah, okay. Are you good? Right, yeah, I was thinking I'd do this now. Right, okay. That's dear, fine. Dear editor. <laughs> From the villainy standpoint, Crisis on Earth 1 proved superb. Felix Faust was most effective. Faust's first Jerry appearance, at least to this reader, wasn't quite as spectacular as his, his second appearance. He's now quite the goodie as badmanism goes and did a bang up job in the epic tale. Dr. Alchemy was another beaut. He used his master transformer to perfection and represented his earth in fine fashion. Kronos was the bestest of the three, and I do mean bestest. 
his costume is still the most flashy in existence, and he's still champ when it comes to final <laughs> comments. The other Earth villains did commendable jobs too, but their efforts went up to those of our Earth. You sound like Denzel from Absolutely. That's Tom Jones from Aberdeen. I don't know. In, um, MD? What state's that going to be? No idea. Please let us know. Apologies to uh, yeah. Sir Tom Jones. Yes. The and Tom Jones, the writer of this letter. Yeah. Final letter is from Jim Harmon of 116 and a quarter, Esbonny Bray Street. Jim says, Dear editor, to me the August JLA seems to be the greatest single issue of a comic magazine ever published. For a number of years, comic magazines got away from the perfect expression of the comic medium where anything could happen. Now, since you revived The Flash, the comics have begun to present stories I dreamed of reading as a boy. The Justice Society, Justice League story seems almost too good to be true, something the fans would love to see, but something you've been hesitant to publish for some obscure reason. Gardner Fox's script is marvellous. His skill at condensing plot and situation, fabulous. Mike Sikowski did an almost impossible job of catching something of the sparkling flavour of 22 costume characters. I'm sure if Sikowski could be given the time and budget for a terrifically complex job like this, his work could be unsurpassed. And that's probably fair. I mean, I've, I've, mm-hmm. you know, as we talk about these two issues, I'm a little bit critical of Mike at, at various points. And, you know, and that's, that's a tough job. Nobody else is doing it. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I mean, nowadays we're sort of used to people like George Perez, mm-hmm. even Dave Cockrum. You know, Absolutely, ha- yes. Ha- you know, capably sort of handling sort of large casts. I mean, mm-hmm. again, that letter really emphasises how exciting this must have been at the time. Must have been, because pretty much everyone on this letters page counted the number of characters. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. all, they all I state know. that. I mean, imagine sitting down with, like, you know, issue five of Crisis and everything else mm-hmm. and trying to count how many people are in it. You'd go mental. Yeah. But that, we'll maybe do that when we get there. <laughs> that was the uh, letter reaction. What's your reaction to this uh, story? Please get in touch with us. Yep. Uh, you can send us an email at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. You make sure you follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. We always post up uh, pictures and panels from each issue, so follow us there if you don't already. It's at the Earth 2 Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore earth2. And again, you can get all the up-to-date information right there. So there we go. Yep. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, on definitely. This journey. Looking forward to absolutely. Part so two. yeah, part two belong before you know it. And we're going to talk to you next time on the, the Earth, Earth Two Podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. I'm Tom Jones. We'll see. <laughs>